Did you know that approximately 55 million people are living with Alzheimer's disease and other dementias worldwide? For many who are living with Alzheimer's or dementia, additional care may be needed as the disease progresses, especially to keep them safe. It's important to be prepared and know care options that are available to best meet the care needs of your loved one. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, when is the right time to consider memory care? We are joined by Certified Senior Advisor, Victoria Archibald. Well, welcome, Victoria. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. I am so happy to be able to share this important information with our listeners. Victoria, let's start out by sharing with our listeners, what is memory care and the services that are typically provided for those receiving care? Sure. Memory care is designed to provide a safe, structured environment with set routines to lower stress for people with dementia. Now, having said that, I will tell you that not everyone who has a diagnosis of dementia necessarily requires uh, placement in memory care. Uh, Most likely, if they are appropriate for memory care, it means that they have a tendency to want to exit, seek, or elope. So because memory care is secure, there would be a more appropriate setting for uh, someone with dementia and who is also a wander risk. You briefly mentioned assisted living communities and memory care. Could you please specify how are memory care services different from those provided in an assisted living community? Well, assisted living and memory care communities share many of the same features, including apartment-style living, common areas, communal meals. But with memory care, offers a more specialized form of assisted living to meet the needs of those diagnosed with, de- with Alzheimer's disease or a related dementia. The biggest difference is that a memory care neighborhood, residents are not able to just walk out the front door. It's really secure for the resident's safety. Fantastic. So you mentioned about safety, and I was wondering what memory care facilities provide in that secure environment. Well, one of the things that... um, that sets a memory care, and, and, I, and I'm using the term neighborhood because typically in an assisted living community, you have what's referred to as neighborhoods. You have one neighborhood that is for folks who are able to go about their day-to-day routines with little, you know, little to more uh, assistance from a caregiver. Uh, in, in a memory care neighborhood, again, it is secure, which means that the residents living there cannot just walk out the front door. Uh, they have to be escorted by a caregiver if they leave that particular neighborhood. Now, some communities are, uh, memory care designated, uh, they're all, they're, they're specifically designated for people with dementia. So there is no assisted living component. It's all memory care. But essentially, they again, they provide the same general services. They assist residents with activities of daily living. However, in memory care, the needs of the residents can vary from very high care needs to, to minimal needs. 
Essentially, it's there to support people with dementia or with a form of dementia and to provide for their safety. Oftentimes, they need a lot more directing and prompting. Uh, they may need more help with, again, activities of daily living. They may, may need assistance with bathing. They may, may need assistance with dressing or grooming. Uh, certainly, they they would need help with managing their medications. A lot of times the activities that are offered in a memory care community are more geared for uh, people with dementia. Uh, it's, the, the, the activities are, are geared to help people really um, sort of stimulate the brain and slow down the progression of the disease. And the other big difference is that the ratio of caregivers to residents tends to be higher in a memory care neighborhood because the residents tend to need more hands-on care. So you've got more caregivers that are that are caring for residents in memory care than you would in assisted living. And typically the care is more, more specific to people with memory impairment than in assisted living. But again, just because someone has a diagnosis of dementia does not mean necessarily that they have to be in memory care. There are plenty of people who have mild forms of dementia who live quite well on the assisted living side of the building and are able to thrive and, and have a good quality of life. Um, amongst people that are in the assisted living section of the building. You mentioned about easily monitoring in this kind of space, which it sounds like they really promote the independence and helping to reduce the confusion of those with memory care. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. So in oftentimes there are, the memory care neighborhoods are smaller. They're, there's less stimulation. Because again, and, and with dementia, it's really a, an individualized disease. So not everyone will present the same um, symptoms with dementia. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's more individualized. So some people can get very agitated with sounds or, or certain uh, environmental conditions. And so memory care is really designed to meet the resident where they are and support them with what they need. It's very individualized. That's fantastic. So that specialized care by communities and neighborhoods, which you're calling, I love that thought about neighborhoods. It really sounds like it makes a big difference in the well-being of not only the individual, but the family members. Absolutely. Uh, it's um, it's it, it can be very stressful when a family member is caring for someone to, with dementia. And one of the things that we always encourage clients when, when, when we are introduced to a family with a loved one with dementia is we encourage them to educate themselves on the disease, on the different um, ways the disease can affect their loved one's behavior so that they are not surprised when they start to see these changes that are happening with the person they love. And so it's important that they educate themselves, uh, that they join support groups, because it does take a village. If they do get to the point where they feel it's necessary to place their loved one in a, a community, in, a, in a, either an assisted living or a memory care community, 
um, they can be assured that, particularly in memory care, because the, the staff, the caregivers, typically only work with the residents in memory care. They they get to know those residents. They get to know their their habits, their likes and their dislikes, and they really bond well with the residents, and and they become part of their family. Um, so there's a tremendous amount of, I guess, comfort for the families to know that their loved one is being taken care of. Uh, and the oftentimes those caregivers have uh, specialized training so that they know how to redirect uh, a resident when they become agitated. They know how to redirect. They, they get to know their life story so they can help them recall some things from their past that they, they that are fond memories. And that's all, those are all techniques that they use to kind of, um, you know, help the resident if they're, they're feeling a little agitated or a little confused on a particular day. Thank you, Victoria. And I was wondering, as family members and individuals are navigating these care transitions, one of the biggest questions that continues to come up is it really is surrounding costs. So do you know what the average cost or can you share the average cost of receiving memory care across the U.S. and the ways to pay, recognizing it, it varies by state? So what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, in general, and I, I can speak specifically for Georgia, in generally, memory care is going to be about 10% higher in cost than uh, assisted living. Uh, so if assisted living generally starts around $4,000 a month, you can expect memory care to be, you know, anywhere $4,500 to $5,000 a month. Uh, and again, it's because there, there are, there is more care that's required to help the residents who are in memory care. There are more, there's more staffing that's required. And so that cost gets passed on to the residents that are living in memory care. But I think on average, 4,500 to 5,000 would be a, a starting point to consider for someone who's going into memory care. And of course, you know, that, that can be a little bit lower depending on the community and it can be a, a lot, lot higher depending on the community. And it also depends on the acuity level of the person that's being placed. So if someone needs more hands-on care with the activities of daily living, then the cost is going to be higher. And in terms of ways to pay for that care, uh, it, it's going to vary, but most in most cases, it's private pay. Uh, so I, I believe, well, I know for a fact in Georgia, there are no insurance-related programs, either on the Medicare or Medicaid, that would cover the cost of someone going into memory care. It's going to be private pay. Uh, people who have long-term care insurance policies can access that to pay for care. Um, certainly, if a person is a veteran or a surviving spouse of a veteran, there could be some benefits from the VA that they can access. Uh, of course, you know, savings, pensions, Social Security, all of that property that might need to be sold in order to pay for care, all of that is um, could be available. But in general, it's it's going to be a private pay situation. Thank you, Victoria, for this information. Let's shift the conversation a little bit to really focus in on individuals and families as they navigate these care options. 
What are a few of the signs or factors that take into consideration as to when and if memory care is the right option for a loved one? Uh, absolutely, Cheryl. That That is an important question. And it's one that certainly if if a family reaches out to us, we are able to do a, a pretty in-depth assessment and, and make a recommendation. But in most cases, that's going to be a decision between the family and the healthcare professionals, the primary care physician, or in most cases, if the senior is, is under the care of a neurologist, uh, that person, that healthcare professional would most likely make a recommendation to the family in terms of whether memory care would be appropriate or assisted living. Again, I, I do want to emphasize that just because someone has a diagnosis of dementia or Alzheimer's does not automatically mean they have to go to memory care. They, they still may be appropriate for assisted living, which means they still get help with the activities of daily living, their meals and all of that other, all those other uh, wonderful benefits, socialization, but they don't have to be in a secured memory care neighborhood or environment. Only if they are exit seeking uh, or they, their care needs are so high that they need more hands-on support. For instance, uh, in some cases with people with dementia, they may forget how to feed themselves. And so from a dignity standpoint, you would want them to be in memory care to preserve their dignity as opposed to being in a regular, you know, assisted living population. But in most cases, um, unless they're exit seeking, they may qualify to be, they may be appropriate to be in an assisted living neighborhood. But that those decisions would be made with with their with their doctors, as well as with the community. Because one of the things I want to make sure and uh, emphasize is when someone is looking for to place their loved one, whether it's assisted living or memory care, you know the doctors ultimately have the the final say in what where that person should go, but the community also has. Uh, you know, a part to play in that decision because they will do an assessment. And if they feel the person is more appropriate in memory care based on their assessment, then that's that's probably where they're going to recommend to the family that person be placed. But it's it's usually uh, a recommendation from a physician that, that sort of starts the ball rolling. It sounds like your physician and healthcare team can always be a resource for more information about care and support. Absolutely. I would say they are the first line of defense. I mean, any anyone who is starting to see some changes in their loved one's behavior, their mood, their 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 diet, their eating uh, habits should consult with their primary care physician or their 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 uh, healthcare team. Right. So, Victoria, can you recommend some helpful resources for older adults and caregivers to access when they're looking to select a memory care provider that could best meet those needs? Well, I would highly recommend the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, they are the premier authority on dementia uh, and re- and provide resources uh, to 
support caregivers. So Googling their website in your local area is, is, is critically important. The Alzheimer's Association, they provide uh, support groups, which I, have, I, I would, again, highly recommend is important for caregivers to get involved with the support group. Um, but there are two other resources that I highly recommend. One is called Second Wind Dreams. Uh, and the other is Tipa Snow. Second Wind Dreams offers a unique program called the Virtual Dementia Tour. Uh, the Virtual Dementia Tour is an attempt to provide a glimpse into what people living with dementia experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Tipa Snow, on the other hand, is a foremost expert on dementia. She provides education and training for caregivers, and families, and is just completely passionate about helping people support those living with the disease in a more positive and respectful way. So those would be my recommendation for any families that have someone who has the disease or has been diagnosed with the disease. There are lots of, uh, uh, lots of resources out there, and I just encourage people to do the research, do the homework, learn as much as you can. Uh, there's a lot of information to, to, to find out that's, that's readily available right in your, you know, right at your fingertips and in your community. Thank you, Victoria, for sharing such valuable information about memory care and knowing when it's time to receive more support to meet care needs. Yes, absolutely, Cheryl. You know, we often refer to dementia um, as or is often called the long goodbye. Unfortunately, it completely robs the person of their persona. It's very painful and stressful for those who love that person to see them change in profound ways, both physically and mentally. It takes a village to come alongside those caring for loved ones with this disease. And people should take the opportunity to educate themselves on the disease, about the disease, and the effect it is having and will have on their loved ones. It does take a village. Thank you, Victoria, for sharing this important information with our listeners today and providing such valuable insight. To view resources, show notes, and access more My Care Advisors episodes, visit mycareadvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this quote from Tipa Snow. Dementia does not rob someone of their dignity. It's our reaction to them that does. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.